Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It's me, your boy, Big Tasty. I'm joined by birthday boy himself, Jay, for a special, well, not special, it's special for Jay's birthday, but an AEW review. How's it going, Jay? Hey, yo. I'm good, man. I'm good. How um, does it feel to share your birthday, not only with the death of Julius Caesar, but also the birth of MJF and the Iron Sheep? And Atticus Koga. And Atticus Koga. I mean, that's, that's more of an Aaron thing. You know, we'll, uh... And Jordan Devlin. And has anyone not born on this day? Am I, is it my birthday as well? I mean, I know it's Joe's yeah. birthday, but you know. It's Joe's, it is Joe's birthday. No, it was just, it was just them. Um, also, Mark Coppers from Blink-182, he was born on oh, today. He's the, he's the good one, isn't he? Yeah. Not the one who went weird about aliens. Yeah, he's the one who beat Kanza. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's much better. Yeah, uh, and Evil and Warrior as well. And Will I am? Shit, a girl. Like, that's a, that's a, a weird mishmash of people I share my birthday with. I share my birthday with Jason Pierre-Paul, the American footballer, Jim Stephanie Sterling, the video game critic, and the Roman calendar. But apart from that, not a not a great deal. Fair enough. <laughs> Before we get into the review, uh, obviously. Um, about sort of 16 hours ago, um, sad tragic news broke that Scott Hall had passed away. Um, obviously, I'm sure we'll t- cover it on the news podcast this week, but just want to say, obviously, a massive condolence to, to, to Scott's friends and family. He was one of a kind, absolutely only. He was, there's not ever been Scott Hall. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough that the Hall of Fame I went to was the one he was inducted in. Oh shit, that's awesome. I got to be in the crowd when he made that awesome speech. Um, yeah, he was he was great. I loved loved Scott Hall. Um, I when I first got into wrestling, it was like kind of a mixture of getting taped off my cousin and Razor Ramon would always be like prominent on those tapes, mm. and getting like taped my mum's friend who recorded me WCW, and obviously Razor was in the NWO with Scott Hall. So um, yeah, he, he was very influential to me becoming a wrestling fan. Um, and the wrestling world will miss him. Oh god, yeah, he leaves a, a huge gap behind him. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, Scott. Um, yeah, thanks for all the memories, basically. Um, right, we'll crack on then to AEW Dynamite for this week. Um, a fair few bits and bobs on this show, some, some bits of things to talk about. Uh, we started out with a Chris Jericho segment. So Chris Jericho said he was going to shake Eddie Kingston's hand because he wouldn't do it at Revolution. Mm. So Eddie comes out to again, big pop for Eddie, which is always lovely to see. Eddie cuts a fantastic promo, basically saying how like he did it for uh, the reason he went out and won that match at Revolution. He did it for the people he met at Fan First. He said people came up to him and told him that like they the reason that they didn't kill themselves was because Eddie Kingston gave him like the courage to sort of carry on, which was which was awesome. And he was he was sort of fighting for them. Um, and he said he needed Jericho needed the handshake because there's someone missing in, inside Jericho. There's some hole in him that you can't fill. Um, so yeah, so Jericho shakes, puts his hand out, Eddie shakes it, but then out come those absolute pricks 
2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Yeah, this felt really random at first, didn't it? Because, like, obviously they injured Eddie, but they've not been really involved in the whole Eddie thing because well, it's kind of shit. They, they sort of so the, 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 the Eddie 2.0 feud, Danny Garcia feud, sort of like sideways into the Chris Jericho proud and powerful feud, didn't it? Yeah. And like 2.0 just sort of disappeared out like out the back door and like it became all about Eddie and Jericho. But then it, it so it's kind of weird. It, it felt a bit odd that they brought this back, but they did have beef with both these guys. Um, then so they sort of beat them down and Santana and Ortiz came out to help. And then as they were sort of lining up with the baseball bat, Jericho hits Santana with the baseball bat, turn around, hit Ortiz with the baseball bat. He's, he, he's done a betray. He's joined forces with Danny Garcia in 2.0. Uh, one thing that was yeah. really interesting, if you watch it back, so I watched this again because Sarah hadn't seen it. If you watch when they're getting beaten down by 2.0 and Danny Garcia, neither of them hit Jericho particularly hard. Yeah, you can tell. They're like... They sort of just like kneel on him a bit. And then they just you get up and stop. They're pulling the punches when you watch it back. Yeah, and I think they've been doing it for a little bit of time as well. Mm. Which if it is really is really cool sort of long term build, which is which is great. Well, yeah, because Jericho's kind of had like been like given Matt Lee shit. Obviously, they took Jericho out, didn't he? Yeah. When he went on tour with Fozzy, um, and even that, you could say it didn't look particularly like. I remember one of the criticism was doesn't really look like he hurt much. Uh, well, there we go. Now we know it. it's all been a, it's now all been we a, know why, yeah. a big old work. Um, so yeah, it so wouldn't, H- it wouldn't surprise me if they'd like been doing that to like plant the seeds. Like remember him at the start of the pandemic, like the first daily space show when they started planting the seeds for the pinnacle with like MJF and him. Um, Sean Spears having a gamble. Sean Spears, Tully and Wardlow all like sitting out like sharing a bottle of wine. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good when you look back and you see the things that sort of carried forward. Mm. So um, Jake Hager runs down and he looks absolutely concerned. Um, and he then immediately turns on Santana Ortiz and murders them and joins Jericho. Um, they put Kingston through a table and then you have them standing tall. It is Jake Hager, Matt Lee, Jeff Parker, Darren Garcia, Chris Jericho. Jericho calls them the Jericho Appreciation Society, which I think is a Beatles reference. Or a music, definitely a music reference. Definitely a music reference. Probably a Beatles reference, not Jericho. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm quite excited about this because it means that finally Jericho is a heel, which is great. Two point oh, we're going to be in a main in a, in a main sort of angle, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, would really prefer yeah, if, Garcia, if Garcia could just go and do murder stuff with Brian and Mox and Regal. That'd be even better. Yeah, yeah Garcia and Regal's and Regal's murder boys. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. That's what yeah. the world needs. But then Proud and Powerful now are free from the inner circle. There's, there is no, like, this is, I mean, this, this it's it feels a bit like it's been a long time coming because we've been wanting a Jericho heel turn for so long. But then you have to remember that the inner circle yeah. formed on the first episode of Dynamite. They've been going this entire time. This is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jericho's wanted to split it for quite some time, hasn't he? Yeah. He said, I mean, like, an- he wanted to split like after like, split. after like the last stadium stampede where the, if they didn't win they had to split up but like they were like oh no it's really popular we need to keep going basically yeah um yeah it's I mean it, it's good that Jericho's kind of because obviously he isn't really active enough to be like a singles guy yeah. and neither's hate so it's good that he's got kind of like 2.0 basically there aren't they to be what Santana and Ortiz didn't end up being because Jericho ended up like kind of like 
stifling them by having like him and Savvy be the tag team. Yeah, they can be like the filling guys who just come out every like every week and like get battered by like yeah. I don't know Eddie Kingston and you know some John Moxley or whatever. Yeah, they're literally as we said, Bulk and Skull from the Power Rangers. They re- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right then, next up. Um, oh, look, we had a quick punk promo, didn't we? A very, very brief punk thing. Uh, yeah. Just basically said the old punk is dead. Long live CM Punk. So it's it's there's a definite. I think there's going to be a definite character shift for Punk going forward now. I think Punk's in danger. <laughs> what of becoming a heel? No, no, I, 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 I we'll get into it. Um, oh, I know, I know you got like, that. Punk, Punk's in danger. <laughs> Uh, then after that, we had our first match of the night was Adam Page versus Dante Martin. This was for the TNT or TNA Championship. Sorry, um, yeah, what I, a, this is a really fun match. The AW Championship, son. AW Championship. So yeah, I've, I've been so many wrestling shows this week. Uh, my brain just disappeared. Um, yeah, AW title. You're watching fucking um, TNA. Watch, I've been watching. I was. Uh, you know, I was just listening to um, Gail Kim on Renee's podcast. That's why I've got TNT, uh, TNA, and TNT all on the brain. Um, so yeah, uh, this match was phenomenal. I mean, this was just Dante oh, just spranging around all over the place, and Hangman trying to take his head off the clotheslines. It was good as well because like it wasn't long. It wasn't like long enough that Hangman felt under any threat, but it was long enough to showcase why Dante has like been given like so many opportunities the last twelve months. Yeah. And it, so Hangman won with a book shot eventually. Um, but then after the match, it was really cool. So Dante sort of rolled out of the ring and was making his way to the back. And Hangman, I like, called him back in and was like, no, 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 come back in the ring. And he like shook his hand and like hugged him out. And he was like, yeah, that was that was really, you're really good, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it was a nice touch. Uh, um, then after that, Adam Cole came out and basically said, um, next week, we want to have a six-man tag match. And he said he was sort of hinting, wasn't he, that the book's going to be on his team. He was like, "It's going to be two people who know you really well, two people who've like been with you through your darkest times, and they, they know exactly what's going on in your head. They know you better than you know yourself." And like, it was very heavily implied that it was going to be the books to the point where I said to you, "Like, all right, okay, well, he's probably then going to pick Jurassic Express. They're going to carry on that sort of feud. They're going to double double punch both these feuds together, and and sort of. But we'll see where that all uh, we'll see where that all, all comes out." Uh, next up then, we had, speaking of uh, William Regal's murder boys, we had Brian Danielson and John Moxley versus the Work <coughs> Horseman. So that was Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. Work Horseman, actually, like, yeah. I wonder if that means, is J.D. Drake just kind of scared in two tag teams at the moment? I think he's still yeah, got a tag team whore at this point, basically. Because, hmm. like, he, he's he's doing the wingman stuff still, isn't he, on Dark and that? Yeah, and on BTA, he's still hanging around with them. Hmm. I mean, it's just, if this is just an excuse to get us more J.D. Drake on TV, then I'm absolutely yeah. fine with that. Well, Workhorse Men's is um, PWG tag team and is, um, they did stuff in the ball as well. Oh, right. Sound. Um, yeah. I mean, this this match went basically exactly how you thought it was going to go. A few little spurts of offense with the Workhorse Men, but for the most part, it was just Moxley and Danielson stalking them for murder. Yeah. Um, I love this. It was just all of the murder. All I mean, of all- it ended with Danielson going for Psycho Knee, face stomping, and then Lavelle Lock. Yeah, interesting as well that since Regal's come in, Danielson stopped the whole face stomping, like flexing as he's got to try choking. Yeah, he's all business now, isn't he? Back, which is yeah, he's back. He's just back to business, which, yeah, means everyone's in danger. Yep. <laughs> uh, then after the match, we had a 
an amazing promo from William Regal. Oh, this was so, so genuine, so awesome. And also, it really kind of, it shows the character of William Regal as a person because he went over and he actually addressed it on Twitter, didn't he? He went and said it was very unprofessional of me to do this, like to mm-hmm. go over. I want to apologise to everybody in the back. I shouldn't have done that. And everyone, everyone, everyone watches like, fuck that, I'll take a long journey. Yeah. yeah. And, and But apparently as well, like that, like he'd, he'd apologise when he went back and like, even though they were like, don't be stupid, wait on them. It, it like set a really good precedent where it's like, mm. that's why it's important that everybody gets their time. And because we've seen it, I mean, where like there's been matches that have gone, felt like they've gone over him, like, Stuff's rushing. All of a sudden, they're about to rush to a finish on another match or something like that, especially on mm-hmm. pay-per-view. When it's, that's why they put like anything they have to do to a time of a draw, they put on first because they know it's going to have the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but this, this promo was fantastic. So he, he threw back to 29 years since him and Tony were on TBS together. Uh, he talked about his life and it, he, he doesn't know how much time he has left. He said that he wants to basically... He's here to help people, and he said um, he, he talked a lot about Brian Danielson. Said he's the best wrestler on the planet. Um, he basically said he the first thing he said something about like the first thing he did when he caught back up with him was told him what to do. That would well, so when he met him, when he we told basically how to not make the same mistakes that he made. Yeah, and all this, and how he just basically cut this awesome promo how he mentored both like Moxley and Danielson and talked about both of them at the same time, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I love the way as well. He was like, he was talking about like Danielson, like he was a model student. Yeah, and then Mox was like, just this fucking like his yard dog that he sent out to like savage people. Mox is like that one from the Mighty Ducks. He just twats the puck really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it was awesome as well to hear um, Regal like say like thank you to Tony. That was a really like candid moment. Yeah. Uh, so next up, then we had. Um, Dark Order backstage and they were sort of theorising who was going to be Adam's tag team partners they were saying was it going to be Silver and Reynolds is it going to be um, like 5 and 10 is it going to be 5 and Anna for a change and then Hangman comes in and he, he first of all he apologised because he shoved Alex Reynolds on, on at Revolution uh, just out yeah. of like frustration and I think there's a bit of games there because like I said it started all the big brawl off didn't it um, and mm. then he basically says oh really sorry uh, Jurassic Express already asked me if they could be my, my tag team partners and I said yes yeah, um, they've been playing this out on BT as well, haven't they? Yeah, um, like Alex Reynolds in particular, he's been like real distant yeah, from Reynolds. everyone else. Reynolds looks like he's going to end up kind of being like what Five was doing for a bit, where he was like, mm. fuck the Dark Order. Um, interesting. I'm not too sure what to make of this, whether it's going to lead to like just Hangman apologising and everything being fine, or whether I mean, it's, it's going to lead. Just nice to get a Dark Order, sorry I'm dynamite really, isn't it? Which is which is fine. Yeah, yeah, and a, a dark order story where it's not just like, oh yeah, here's Hangman. Let's get the dark order out. Yeah. Uh, right then, following on from that, we had Pack versus Wheeler Yuta. Uh, so this was like a special match, wasn't it? So they basically said because the but title match went so short. This was like a bonus match they had like right on standby just in case. So they threw in pack for Utah. Um, I mean, this is a particularly long guy. I mean, it was a good match, good fun match. Utah continues to sh- in the in the little bits he's given, he really shows off. You know his skills. He's a really cool guy, yeah. really good wrestler. Uh, pack hit a brain buster off the top rope and then a locked in the brutalizer for the win. Which, yeah, fairly routine win for Pack. Yeah. 
I imagine Pac's very angry because, well, one, because he's Pac, and two, because they lost to uh, the House of Black. Yeah. Who was the spoopiest of the boys? The spoopy boys. Um, that picture, I saw a picture, was it on Discord? Someone put it on Discord of like, I, no, you put it on I, Discord I, last night. Yeah, it was the the, 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 the very yeah. second that Black spat the uh, the mist into yeah, Eric's Yeah, Malachi posted it out last night and then I put it up on Discord. Yeah, that was, that was beautiful. Uh, right, yeah. next up then, we had Adam Cole backstage. He was once again joined by both Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. And they were sort of arguing amongst themselves. Um, and then basically, so Cole calmed them down. I was like, right, this is the team I'm going to pick. And he starts running down like, like he's going to pick the Young Bucks. And then the Bucks were like, no, we don't. We don't want to fight. Hang on. We don't, we don't want to do that. Mm. Which was very interesting. It's interesting. I know Faye's got a theory where hung books. it's going to end up being the Hung Bucks versus the, well, the Cole and Red the, Dragon. Yeah, the trademark, the Paragon, haven't they? Um, Isn't it? Aren't they called the Undisputed Originals or something like that? No, they're not allowed to use Undisputed. But they're not allowed to use that word at all. Someone called them Undisputed no. Originals the other day on, like, I'm sure, like on AW. They, they called them Undisputed Originals from Ring of Honor. Uh, right, okay. On, like, the YouTube video, but they're not actually allowed to call them <laughs> like, as a collective unit. But, yeah, it, it was interesting that Hangman had, like, the Young Bucks tattles on his uh, gear. Yeah, they've done the whole thing where like the young bucks are getting a more disillusioned with Adam Cole and Red Dragon, and um, they kind of like gave Hangman their approval when he won the belts. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it it does seem like we're going that way. I don't necessarily want them to go that way because it seems it seems like it's setting up Hangman for danger. I'm still I'm still really enjoying heel books as well. I don't think I'm quite ready for face books to return because they're just they're just top shit bags, aren't they? Don't like Facebooks. Well, they, I mean, they're always like heels in a way because they're always cocky shit. Yeah, they're fun, to, they're fun to watch, but they're just, they are too good at being cocky little pricks. And yeah, so basically, so the books say no, and then Cole sort of like swears and like sort of pretends he was always going to pick Red Dragon. He was like, oh no, I was talking about Red Dragon like the whole time. Yeah. Trying to save, save face. Uh, so after that, then, speaking of tag team action, FDR backstage. And uh, Dax is about to call out the books of Red Dragon. Cut, totally cuts him off and basically says, "Oh yeah, you need to go off the championship so you can provide, you know, look after your family." And Cash just uh, Dax just goes off the handle on on Tully and is like, "Don't you talk about my family?" And then FTR fire Tully Blanchard. Yeah, and have you seen FTR? Um, well, on the ind- on the Indies, they've got a match where they're being managed by Dennis Condry from the Midnight Express. Yeah. Um. Who's like one of Dax's like favorite wrestlers anyway? I also saw they, they were tweeting like Bret Hart over the weekend, asking him if he was like if he, if he was free. And and in AAA, um, thingy, um, Vicky Guerrero's been managing them as well. Oh, it's okay. Which is also a nice little touch. I mean, I'd be uh, fine. I, if, I'd be fine if they just didn't have a manager for a bit because I think they're good enough on the mic themselves. Yeah, both guys are great talkers. Um, I don't know. I like the whole thing that they're good enough that they don't need a manager but they have a manager to kind of like just commit some act of fuckery for yeah however I think if they get breath in it's probably going to be an FTR face turn isn't it oh yeah I mean, especially getting in like around the time like the Owens I don't know yeah like I think that's part of why but then I don't know it's weird I, I feel like I feel like Brett's like destined for AW at some point. <laughs> That'd be cool but to that, see, to be fair. Just because the fact that like we had 
FTR doing that. Uh, did you see Punk's comments in the press conference afterwards? Yeah, he put Bret Hart a bit big, didn't he? He was talking about how, like, Bret should be getting, like, the money that Goldberg gets, but Goldberg's an unsafe worker and kicked him in the head. Yeah, so I mean... Saudi yeah. Arabia and all the blood money. Uh, right then, moving on to another big bit. Um, <coughs> we've got uh, the Andrade Hardy family office sort of business summit. Where they talked about uh, somebody said Andrade was trade out and was like, Yeah, we, I want to kick you out. Uh, we're going to vote on it. So I was like, All right. So Andrade voted yes. Jose voted yes. Hardy voted no. Well, no, it was like thumbs up to stay and thumbs down, wasn't it? So Andrade yeah. and Jose were thumbs down. Um, and Private Party were thumbs up. Oh, that's my Hardy was about to go, Ha ha, thumbs up. You know, we win. As the, that Private Party turned their thumbs down and like did a betray yeah. on him. It was, was really, really well timed as well, uh, as far as like the actual camera shot shots were going, because mm. like it, it had like the sort of side like the hard cam view, and then as Matt was like kind of like got, like finally turned round away from them, was like, "See, it's all yeah, I've got it." You just see them slowly turn it down, and like the faces change. Fucking great! It was fun, and then so after the after the vote, they all just beat the shit out of him. Uh, also, big big props to butchers, like just everything in this just- these. Shredded daddy butcher. Yeah, well, he looked—he looked like an evil mechanic. Yeah, he just looks like he, he, his band broke up, and he just like went straight to the gym and just hasn't come out. He looks like he should be running like a biker bar you know, <laughs> with like a biker garage next to it. Yeah, and he runs both. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they all do a big beat down on Hardy. Darby and Sting come out to try and help, but the still numbers are still too many. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you turned to me, didn't you? And you said. I wonder if they've licensed that music for the Hardys. And I was like, what music? And then it literally started playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd goes ballistic. Jeff Hardy comes out. Jeff Hardy does a little dance, forgetting the match, getting the piss beat out of him in the ring. Uh, yeah. Jeff was just excited. Like, it, from I, I was a bit like, what's he doing? But then as soon as I saw BT and how excited he is when he's about to enter. Oh, that little, that first shot of BT I, was amazing. It was so good. Yeah, where he's like getting himself hyped up and then his music hits, he just likes it. Yeah. And he looks so happy. And you see the books like fanboying out like next to them. Yeah, oh, he did he did a little dance while Matt was getting the shite beat out of him and then sort of remembered what he was doing, stopped, ran into the ring, cleared the ring out. Yeah, but it's his first entrance, he's allowed to do that. One thing I really liked as yeah, well, uh, it's it's sort of been touched on a bit online, is this is the first time that Jeff and Sting have been in the ring together since like probably Victory Road to 20, 2012. 2011. 2011, sorry. Yeah, the, the bad one. Um, were, were they not, did they not cross paths at all in WWE? Probably. No, I've seen them in like three matches, wasn't mm, True, true. So that was pretty cool. They got like a bit of, a bit of closure there. Hopefully, you know, Jeff's in a, Jeff's in a good yeah, place. Yeah, Jeff kind of like bowed to, like, to Sting and like Sting looked like terrified. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's one thing I'd really like because Sting seems to have like a new lease on his career and yeah. Jeff seems like really good place I'd love to see like them actually get the match they wanted to I get mean, I mean the, the thing the thing I need immediately I mean after we're get, obviously we're getting Hardy's this private party first aren't we that's the first thing we're getting Hardy watching the blade I want but can we just have Jeffy Darby please yeah I like, reckon we're like, gonna Hardy like, like very soon sooner rather than later yeah, I, I mean, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for the Hardys in in, in AW. I mean, this, this is their last run, and they want to go out with a bang. Like Matt said on BT, didn't he? This is about cementing their legacy. It's the best type of all time. Mm-hmm. 
And what better way to do that than giving us Hardy's versus like all those teams we've said, Hardy's versus Lucha Brothers, Jurassic Express. Books. Um, Red Dragon. Powerful. The books again, Red Dragon. Um, I reckon... The FTR. Books, FTR. I reckon the books are going to be facing the Hardys at uh, that big California show. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a minimum, wouldn't it? I mean, I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd even say, like, I mean, I know it's, 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 I know it's like, you know, reactionary booking, but fucking strap them up as well. Do the books or the Hardys? Hardys. Yeah. One last run like, with the belts. If you, you, you want to feed them as well, though, the whole, like, Christian, like, micromanaging Jurassic Express too much. Yeah. And be like, well, I know these guys better than anyone. And yeah, and he, then, he, he sort of tries to game plan for them and he sort of fucks it up. Yeah. Him, him over game plan and makes them lo- them lose to the Hardys. That yeah, that and just put, put I mean, I know they're they're good belts. Anyway, they put a little extra prestige on the belts. You know, if the Hardys have, have been champions, so yeah, because they've not like no disrespect to like any of the teams who've held it. Because like I mean, Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers, two of the best teams in the world. SCU on any of the ones that FTR, kind of like, FTR um, Jer- Jurassic Express. Now they're not the Hardys are a different level. Mm. They really are. Like they're they're the biggest tag team I think AEW ever signed, in my opinion. So, certainly, like certainly, like the like, and again, Young Bucks are probably the biggest tag team in the world right now. Yeah, F are probably the best tag team in the world right now. Lucha Brothers are definitely in that argument as well. Um, and then you've got like teams that like are just kind of starting out, like the Kings of the Black Throne. Um. Obviously, teams that people sleep on, like Private Party and Jurassic Express, and um, what current current champions Jurassic Express? You mean? Like, you yeah, see people you sleep know, on them. They are literally the champions. No, but I mean, people sleep on them as far as like the argument of like the best mm. team in the country. Like Butcher and the Blade, Butcher and the Blade, proud and powerful. Um, yeah, as I said, Private Party top flight, like. Fuck it, man! Give me, give me, give me the, give me Matt and Jeffy, Matt and Jeff. Give me two point versus the Hardys. I, I want that so much. <laughs> a custody of Matt and Jeff ladder match. <laughs> two point go over, so that breaks the Hardys. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's 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 just fun times, and it? it's just, again, it's just the possibilities are, are, are endless, uh, which is mm, which is always I like, good to see. I like. I know they were teasing that Matt's going to be broken, and he still is teasing it. But I like they've not just like gone right into it. Like I, I want them to. It, a good way to do it would be for them to win, like win the belts and then lose them, like in like in some horrible match against the Bucks and the Bucks break them. Yeah. And yeah. that's us heading out, like heading along to uh, the Broken Hardies. Oh, I'm with you for that. I'm with you for that. Uh, right then. I think the reason, um, the reason Broken Match didn't really work for me in. AEW was because they just kind of had a debut and like expected us to be like, oh, well. Yeah, it was like he's breaking like straight away. Nothing's happened. Yeah, Mahadi, like, fair enough. Randy Orton made them with a chair on Raw like the week, the month day before, and he's come back broken. But at the same time, he, he did like his little YouTube uh, series when his like contract was running down. But at the same time, it was like, well, I mean, great. Yeah. There was no, there was no story behind it. Like, and the reason it worked yeah, so well in like, TNA was because there was this massive story behind the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Next up, then we had top babyface Wardlow come down for his big 
sort of coming out oh, party, basically, wasn't it? He did, did have a little swerve back, backstage promo as well. Oh, yeah, sorry, Swerve's going to fight Tony Nice on, yeah. um, on Rampage. So, yeah, that'd be Swerve, good. Swerve calling a shot, saying saying who wants some of Swerve. <laughs> and Tony, Tony Nice come come back in from AEW Dark. Remember him? <laughs> Crawling out of elevation to uh, to, to rise up to the TV so, That being said, like I, I was talking to Troy about this because he's obviously like, like, oh, they're hiring too many people. And this was prior to the Ring of Honor announcement. And obviously, we've had the Ring of Honor announcement now. I think Tony Nese is a really good guy to kind of sort of like put in like their like sort of upper cards in Ring of Honor. Yeah, you could build up you could build like a division they, like a Yeah, like, well he is a Ring of Honor guy, isn't he? So Exactly. He's an ROH original anyway. Just get him fucking get him there. Yeah, right. So yeah, so Wardlow comes out for his big baby face promo and it's a really, really good promo. Yeah, I didn't think he had this sort of promo in him, which is awesome. He talks about growing up poor, wanting to be a wrestler because he loved it because he thought he could improve his life. Uh, he said basically MGF helped him get him in the door, but then it doesn't excuse the way he's treated him. He's no longer MGF's bodyguard. He's left the pinnacle. He basically says to MGF, like, look, I don't want nothing to do with you. Just let me out my contract. We'll, we'll call it quits. It's we'll go our separate ways. I don't want to have to powerbomb the shit out of you. I'll just walk away. We can just cut, you know, we can just go out, you know, we can just leave it like cordially. It's absolutely not going to happen. There's going to be severe repercussions here, isn't no. it? Well, Wardlow's probably going to be cost by MJF and his TNT title match. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, that like no one interrupts him here. Yeah, like, I, well, MJF's licking his wounds, isn't he? No one from the pinnacle comes out here to fuck with him. Like they just let him have the speak to himself. So I think all the I think the fuckery is coming next week in a in a, in a massive way. MJF's probably celebrating his birthday by like you know doing some American psych. <laughs> trying to put booby, a cat booby, booby trap in the ring for Woodley as much. That dance dancing around this flat where hips will be square, chasing the one with the chains up, all that all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I I think this is good. I think if if everyone assumes that MJF's off licking his wounds and it does feel like the pinnacle's kind of petering out a bit, doesn't it? With like FTR bit enough Tully, um, chair pivots nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I I think it, it'll give like even though it's only been like two weeks since we last saw MJF, the thing MJF is he's always a presence. So when he does show up. It's like, oh shit, okay, here we go. Yeah, and he, he doesn't have to be there all the time. Like like Darth Vader, like he's not always on screen, but when he is, you're fucking terrified <laughs> of him, aren't you? That's a fucking great analogy. He's like, like the Lord Vader of AEW. Right, so next up then, uh, Keith Lee and QT Marshall have a bit of back and forth backstage. Um, so that's going to set up a match on Rampage, Keith Lee versus QT, which is, QT is going to have some bad times. Yeah, Q- QT is just like choosing violence every fucking week now. Yeah, he's, just, he's, just, he's getting a bit up at the end and he's just getting the piss left out of him quite a bit, which is hilarious. So we'll see how, uh, how that pans out for him. Uh, following on, we have Jurassic Express versus The Acclaimed. This is a tag team championship match. The number two ranked Acclaimed. Number one ranked Acclaimed, even. Um, they were number one, yeah. Uh, I can't remember any of Max Caster's rap because it's been too long. <laughs> but I remember it was very good. Um... Yeah, it's not. It's not even listed there. I'm not going to bother looking at the transcript of it. No, it was. I remember, I remember being. I remember being quite fun. Didn't he say something about Christian? Possibly, yeah. I remember him saying something about Christian and me and you looking at each other like, 
base now. Yeah, it, I remember it being really, really good fun. So go and check it. It'll be on. It'll be on the YouTube. Go and check it out. It always is. Yeah. Uh, again, I mean, the acclaimed are just they're becoming a really good tag team now, and they like, they've gone past solid, and they're into like I look forward to them. Not just the rapping. I look forward to them wrestling now. Like every time I see them. Yeah, like for me to say. Um, uh, Bowens is one of the most like underrated guys on the entire roster for me. Yeah, Caster's fine. He's, he's serviceable. He, he gets the job done. He's he's a very good wrestler. He's very safe. Very um, you know, professional. But Bowens has just got that the X factor. He really has. He is yeah. phenomenal. Um, I mean, again, obviously, Josh Express great match. Was really good fun. Um, Josh Express win with Thrust Express, which is a really nice little finisher. And yeah. Uh, my only concern is that this oh, was... um, I, I've, I've just I remember there was something like he said. I was like, oh, uh, he did, he did make, um, he did make mention to um, something about Anna J because obviously she's Jungle Boy's girlfriend. Oh yeah, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it's um, my only concern is that maybe this was one match too many for this because this, this show felt really jam packed, didn't it? Like. Because we, we, we completely forgot that like the next match was happening while we were watching this match, and it was like, oh shit, we need to do this match and the main event. So my only concern was maybe they could have bumped this like next week or Rampage or something, but it was fine. It didn't. It didn't like didn't track. Um, Jay Cargill, Mark Sterling, Raskin, who's next and who's left. Jada, who's going to step up and get the kiss of death. A uh, thousand Tumblr accounts just burst into horny tears. Yeah. Um, yeah so- it's an easy going to horny jail after fucking everyone's going to be in horny jail by the end of this it's just it's too much um, next up then too much we had Thunder Rosa versus Leila Hirsch this was a number one contenders match winner gets a shot at Britt Baker on St. Patrick's Day Slam um, again super super fun match uh, Thunder Rosa was really good Leila Hirsch is really good the match was really good mm-hmm. I, I kind of um I kind of feel sorry for Leila Hirsch really in the situation because she like she'd got to number one by the fact that a record was good. Yeah, but then Where, she's ran she's like, run into this sort of like massive storyline that's that's sort of been pre-laid. Yeah, and it, as as we kind of spoke about, it looks like they'd seen that like dynamite um well St. Patrick's Day Slam is gonna be in Thunder Rosa's hometown and gone, oh hold up there, let's let's have a win in her hometown instead. It's almost like, um, you know, I sort of called that the Night Revolution. Good up. <laughs> uh, yeah, fun match. Uh, Rose, uh, Hirsch, Hirsch goes for the turnbuckle um, sort of hook again, like she did in Chris Statlander, but Red Velvet comes out and stops her. Um, Hirsch goes for an armbar, Thunder Rose counters into the, into the fire from the driver, picks up the win. Uh, so it's going to be Thunder yeah. Rose. Surprise, surprise, it's Thunder Rose versus Britt Baker next week. Yeah, I, I want, I'm not too sure how I felt about Red Velvet getting involved either. I mean, it makes sense because like she's, I, meant to, she's, in, that, she's in that whole sort of group, wasn't she, with her in Stavlander? <clears throat> yeah, but it, it, it protects Layla in the sense that Red Velvet came up and caught Layla out. But at the same time, it's like it almost hit like both of them because Layla only lost because Red Velvet came out. Thunder Rosa only won because Red Velvet stopped the, uh, Layla from cheating. Yeah. So it's a I don't know. But then also, I suppose that the other way of it, looking at it, is it means that Layla's like fine in line for being Rose's first challenger. Yeah. 
yeah, which is fine. If you if you're laying that groundwork there, then that's that's yeah. absolutely okay. Uh, then following up after that, they announce again. Your boy had it right. Thunder Rosa's title match next week will be in a cage match. It's almost like you know I'm booking this shit. It's great. Um, then we had a Britt Baker did promo. I've been in cahoots with uh, with Tony Schiavone. He's been sorted out. Um, <laughs> Britt Baker I, in the back. Kyle Riley. Riley's been buying your beer and fucking just going. Oh yeah, yeah. it tastes. to do this. I've been, uh, been selling Kyle Riley for every test, mate. It's fine. Yeah, you've got a fucking guy on the inside, don't you? Uh, so yeah, Britt Baker. She said, "Oh yeah, she beat Thunder Rosa. So why does Thunder Rosa get another title match?" Uh, she basically playing painting it down as some sort of conspiracy theory, which is a fair point. Um, basically says, "Oh yeah, where's Mercedes Martinez? Martinez burn." Um, and I like this. She said she's not afraid of Thunder Rosa, but she is afraid of what AEW will become if she becomes champion. Yeah, I like that. It's not like it's not. Like, it's just sort of painting it like I don't want to be champion. Like because I want to be champion, I want to be champion because it's for the good of the company. She's got that sort yeah, well, of self, that, self-righteous sort of attitude to herself, hasn't she? But the thing is with Brit is that like she's literally been positioned as like the face of the women's division. Yeah, and one of the faces of the company. She's like all the media appearances. Brit's there with the belt whenever the whenever Tony goes to a basketball game with like some of the wrestlers. Brit's always one of the ones there. Yeah. Um. She's very public facing as a champion. Like, yeah, and obviously, like the whole kind of the whole thing of oh yeah, well, she's also a dentist at the same time. It's a very kind of like inspiring story, which is mad that she's a heel, but you know, she's great at being a heel. Yeah. But also, like, her and Adam Cole look like a couple of like could be fucking modeling in like a fashion show or something. Uh, oh, like one they, thing. Speaking speaking of speaking of like Rick Baker and Adam Cole and heel stuff, did you notice at the very start of the show when Chris Jericho came out, he was wearing Jordans? Chris Jericho's been wearing Jordans for a while. Heels wear Jordans, and he don't mean that's uh, that's the rules. Yeah. Chris, Jer- Chris Jericho wears Jordans because he's fucking copying all the young. Just <laughs> the kid, because you saw the kids doing it, and he wants yeah, to that's, be why, that's why he's trade trademarking all these fucking nicknames that like the kids use, like GFY and fucking. The influencer and all the other stupid shit. When's he going to be Air Jericho? Oh, he's, he's going to fucking make Air Jericho, isn't he? <laughs> uh, right then, we'll go on to the main event. This was Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship. Um, this is a hell of a thing, wasn't it? Like bloody hell! I mean, we we were we were both like it, emotionally exhausted by this point. I think. Yeah, this this match was kind of weird as well because it. it it, it it felt it reminded me a little bit of when um when Brody beat Cody. Yeah, yeah, I can because I can it was very very one sided, and obviously there was different kind of like a different kind of way they got it to that side. But it 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 was very like as soon as so they did like a big like injury angle quite early on, didn't he? Yeah, so Sammy set a table up on the outside and went for a six thirty off the top rope onto the out table outside table. Scorpion moved out of the way and Sammy I mean when you say he etch it, fuck me, he etch it. Yeah. On the landing. Um, it, looked, it looked horrific. It looked like he was legitimately <laughs> hurt. Yeah. And like they were doing the whole like carrying him to the back to get treatment and that. And Scorpio was just like a fucking like cold blooded killer then. Oh, I mean, like, no, get I mean Scorpio, while Sammy was injured, he was just like, yeah, if he can't go, give me the belt. Mm. <laughs> the only thing, the only issue I've got, right, because obviously Scorpio, spoiler alert, won. Um, 
and my only issue with the timing of this is they it feels like they might have themselves in a bit of a funny position with it because like it, Wardlow realistically probably should be the should have just beaten Sammy. But also, Scorpio absolutely deserves to hold that belt. I, I don't think he will win, though. I think it's because we, we, we're just counting pinnacle shenanigans. Yeah, Scorpio's going to win by shenanigans. But at the same time, it's like you want, you, you've literally had him win the belt off the fact that he was on a year long undefeated streak. Yeah. Why on earth would you, in his first fucking match, like defense, then have him like win by fuckery? I mean, and the, 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 the TNT title seems a dangerous place right now. You've got guys like Keith Lee snooping around. You've got like Team Taz. You've got you know some big names there that are gonna fuck you up. Yeah, like that. That's the thing. I think, I think Wardlow as champion is good because he's like a big enough threat that he can kind of fend off those people. Whereas Scorpio, and it's not against Scorpio, but I feel as if realistically. He's either going to get fed to Wardlow because it's like he's had this year-long streak of not losing, and then Wardlow's just going to come in and absolutely destroy him, like he's been doing everybody else. Mm. Or he's going to win by fuckery, which then means, well, how how are you positioning him as like this unstoppable, like undefeated, undefeatable force when he's had to literally have everybody help him to win? Yeah, I can I can, I can get you with that. I feel you. It feels um, like they're a bit of a catch-22. Yeah, I mean, we'll just, we'll, just, we'll just run through the like, the ending of the match first, and then we'll, we'll sort of talk about what this might mean going forward, because there's some other little story beats that, that are going to sort of play into this. So, yeah, Sammy makes his big comeback, but then Scorpio just gets on top because Sammy's fucked. Um, <coughs> Sammy hits the top rope cutter, um, and GTH, Scorpio rolls out of the ring. Uh, Sammy goes for another 6.30 but Scorpio gets his knees up so then as this is happening Paige runs onto ringside watching the match and she's sort of getting into it with Ty Conti and then all of a sudden the camera pans back to where she was and she's not there anymore we, we noticed that we pointed out we were like oh shit Paige is gone so something's about to happen mm. so then Paige takes Sammy and Ty out from behind and like so as she's as she's battered on the outside Sammy's like look doing a concern and then Scorpio creeps up hits them with the TK I mean the, Scorpio's TK was fucking beautiful yeah, it looks yeah. it looks so nice. He hits he hits a textbook TKO on Sammy. The thing is, though, like there's no denying Scorpio's like awesome, and it's cool that as well. I believe his last loss, well, his last singles loss because obviously he has lost in tag matches. Mm. But the whole stuff, the whole narrative, the spin is Scorpio's last singles loss was when he lost to Darby and Tam Heel. Yeah, which is cool because it's like, well, all right, yeah, that, that makes. That actually makes a lot of sense. Though. Which like, was after he won last year's Revolution ladder match. Yeah, and it was his. It was his shot. Yeah. So, it, it's cool that it's kind of like gone full circle. That like Scorpio lost a year, a year to the day to Darby Allen in a TNT title match, and a year later he's got a TNT title match against Sammy to win the belt, and he um, wins it. Yeah, um, and also as a little sort of footnotes to the whole thing and maybe a sign that this isn't quite over as a storyline um, as Sammy's like dead in the ring like, they sort of tie sort of crawls in and like they throw Ty in, in the ring she sort of crawls on top of Sammy and they would like sort of pass out together and I, then Paige I reckon, probably, I reckon we're probably going to get Paige and Ethan Page Page and Page Page and Page versus Sammy and Ty 
Yeah, well, Paige signs her, as you promised, she signs her AW contract, but she signs it on Ty Conti's ass. Yep. And just sort of throws it at them, and uh, that's it. Paige Van Zandt, it's all elite. Yeah. Hell of a sign on that, by the way, as well. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, she's, she'll, been, she's been she'll, she'll Trevor Gangrel, apparently, as well. Yeah. She's been, like, there's been talks about going to WWE for years, hasn't there? Like, yeah. Literal, literal years. Like, I remember. Fuck, it must have been. It was it was around the time that Ronda signed. Yeah, when, when they were like looking big into MMA people. Yeah, there was talk of Paige Van Zandt. Uh, in fact, no, it was before Ronda. It was Shayna. There was oh, talk right, okay. of Paige, uh, Paige Van Zandt going in. And then obviously, like, they signed all the four horse women. Paige Van Zandt kind of like fell by the wayside. And uh, yeah, but th- this is an exciting sign and she looks very good. Yeah, and she, like, she, she gets it, doesn't she? She, she clearly likes wrestling. She's, yeah. She basically said, she had an interview this week where she said, like, she basically just came in. She wasn't, she didn't even think I wanted to appearances, like, as part of, like, you know, America's top team. And then she just loved it so much that she just said she wanted to come back. And then she basically now she said she wants to, like, actually train and become a wrestler because she's enjoyed being around the business that much, which is really cool well, to see that sort of passion. I think it's cool as well, like with Amer- the American top team people who've come in, because obviously, like Dan Lambert, like loves wrestling. Yeah, he's like a fucking wrestling like historian. He's such a wrestling nerd. He makes me look like a fucking casual fan. <laughs> um, and for people who know me, that's that's wild. <laughs> um, just have to see like some of the shit I've got like around me now. <laughs> um, but. Like he, he he's probably got like quite an infectious like kind of like passion. Like I've seen him on Ethan Page's vlog a few times when he's like not in like not being full like big boomer energy Dan Lambert where he's just like being a wrestling fan. Yeah, and he seems like a really like cool guy to be around. And obviously, Masvidal and Arlovski and um, oh, fuck Junior Dos Santos when they come around, there was like talk like they were like, oh yeah, we'd love to come back. And was, yeah. There was obviously people like he brought with him who weren't enthused about it at all, like that other woman he brought, and there was another. I think it was Paige oh. Van Zandt. Like yeah, Nunes. Was it Nunes? Yeah, I don't think it was Nunes. It was. It was. Oh, yeah, it was Nunes. It was one of the ones you beat. One of the ones you knocked out. Um, Ronda Rousey, wasn't it? Ronda. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fair, fair play. It was. Might have been. Yeah, so it, wasn't, it wasn't Holly Holm, and that was the other one. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're right. Um, but it, it, like, you can see some of them. It was just like, yeah, it's not for me. But then you can see others were like, I'm really enjoying myself here. Yeah, and all of the backstage like reports coming out said that everyone in AW was really happy to have them there, and they were really fun to work with. And it was, you know, it was a really good experience well, for everyone. I think the thing is, like, when you get like when you get athletes from other like other sport and like backgrounds come in. You, you, it's it's always one of two ways they either come in and expect that they're just going to be amazing at it like Mayweather did yeah or and fair enough Mayweather was good but you know or or Tyson Fury was the other one where he, he, he kind of expected he was just going to be great at it yeah and again he, he was fine at it but then you get like people who actually are interested in it like Ronda like um, Shayna Baszler like uh, Paige Van Zandt's another one and all the other American Marine, top Marine guys. Mm. Who's now in AW, funnily enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right you, then. You see, 
you see that and you go, okay, well, they're actually going to like take to this like a, a duck towards it. I, yeah, I think the passion is a big thing, isn't it? Like the passion seems to be what separates yeah. it. Like you say, the people who like pay just seems like she basically said that if, apparently in her first training session, she said, like, can, can someone put me through a table? I want to go through a table. Like, and they're like, no, you need to learn like the basics first. <laughs> yeah, which is cool. Um, it's cool that they've like given the time to learn as well. Um, I imagine, I imagine, um, I imagine she's probably going to be in the uh, nightmare factory. Yeah, quite some time. Then have the sock cards with QT. Yeah. Uh, right then, before we move on to a rampage, do you want to give me any highs and lows, Jay? Um, my high was my mate, the boys. Love the love my mate, love me some of my other boys. The match, the uh, promo, or both. All of it. All every things, every, every last second of it. Whole presentation. I, I loved like Mox and Danielson just killing people. I loved Regal cutting that really impassioned promo. Uh, and I loved the whole like kind of danger of the two of them that came out of this. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> my low was what we kind of touched on with the Jurassic Express match that it felt like there was maybe one too many matches. Like they could have gave another match a little bit more time. Mm, like maybe the main event, because I felt a little yeah. touch rushed, didn't it? Yeah, just a little bit more time to breathe. Um, and maybe like as much as I enjoyed packing Utah, we didn't really need packing Utah. Yeah. Um, for what it was as well. Um, yeah. it, even, even like the Hangman Dante match, like we didn't need to have that on the show. Yeah. Like, it was just there because they were like, oh, yeah, look what's happening here. It like, was oh, fun that we got to see Hangman wrestle again because he always complains that he doesn't yeah. wrestle I, I like I like the fact that Hangman's like a fighting champion as well. Um, yeah. But it, for me, it was just like, well, it, if I was going to cut anything, it probably would have been either that or Pachinuta or or both and then just gave like Thunder Rosa Layla longer, tag team titles longer and the main event longer. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bit of a weird one for me. So although I think it was probably one of the stronger episodes of Dynamite that on balance of, like that we've seen. It was a really it, good episode. But none of the matches were like slam dunk four star bangers. Stephanie and May, the boys just stomping shit out of people. Like I'd say oh, I'm tempted to say like the whole Jericho thing at the start was my favourite thing, like the Kingston promo leading into the Jericho that, turn. That was cool. That was very cool. I, I, um, I'll, go, I'll go with that with a, with a with a sort of honorary mentions to Jeff Hardy and the main event. Um, yeah, and again, yeah, Jeff Hardy as well was all. That's, that's, like, that, that's just that, that's just a feel good moment, isn't it? Seeing Jeff come in, yeah, and like and like the like the, the look of like emotion on Matt's face when they were hugging in the ring was pretty was real nice. Yeah, the man a little cry was nice. Uh, again, I've got, I've got the same as you. I just think they just crammed a little bit too much in. Like nothing really. I mean, I, I know it's it's always said that sometimes an AW stuff doesn't get a chance to breathe, but it felt like that really was a problem mm-hmm. this week. Like you didn't have a chance to. That, it was just like, oh look, Jericho's turned heel. Now Jeff Hardy's here. Now FTR have sacked Blanchard. Like I know they said they wanted yeah. to start new storylines. Didn't have to start all of them right now. No, they could they could have done some stuff on on like rampage. They could have held off a week or two for other stuff. Like when Sammy yeah. losing the title isn't even like the third biggest thing that happened on the show. Yeah, I, I've got to say as well. Actually, an honourable mention for me is Wardlow's promo. I thought, oh yeah, like I said, I, I didn't know he had that kind of promo in him. That was that was phenomenal. I did. Um, I think I said to the, this to you at the time. I did from the Brody show mm. when I had that like speech, and it was like the first time you really heard Wardlow speak. It was like fuck me, he's eloquent. Like 
why why don't you get him talking every week? But I think now, like his face, he's going to be a bit more of a chatty cathy. Yeah, um, and I'm all and for that. Think, the guy can talk. Like let him, let him talk. Oh yeah, he, he's like we've we've said it before. Like they've compared him to Brock as far as like a megastar goes, and I think he's like the first like homegrown AW megastar, isn't he? Yeah, he, he feels that way. I mean, I mean, I know. They're disputing Hangman's homegrown because he's been in. Uh, he, he, and, he was in Ring of Honor for too for too long, I think, to to call him a home a homegrown. You got to yeah. think about you got to think of someone they who own, wasn't Ring of Honor. True, yeah. yeah. You got to think of like <laughs> someone who wasn't like a big name signing. So like, but, I think anyone. I, I suppose. I suppose Hangman they've elevated at least MJF as he was about. He's been elevated. You could you could make a case for Sammy. Sammy, yeah. Sammy, Sammy Darby and. Jungle Boy, even Darby, Darby, have been, Darby have been big on the Indies. MJF been big on the Indies. Jungle Boy was big on the Indies. Mm. Wardlow wasn't really that big on the Indies. Like I had no idea who he was oh. until he signed. No, I, I think Wardlow was signed as like a kind of prospect, wasn't he? Mm. Whereas you, the, like the four pillars, they were all signed with like the kind of the idea that they were going to be the big names. They were just going to be getting there quicker than like some of like the the up and comers. Yeah. Uh, but right yeah, then. he's 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 got he's got him um, crossover appeal as well, hasn't he? Oh god, yeah, yeah. That I mean, looks like a football star. Looks like an absolute Adonis. It's great. Yeah. Uh, right, we'll move on to Rampage then. Um, it's Rampage. It is Rampage, and what if, if this is the the hallmark of the Jericho heel turn is that he's no longer on, no longer on commentary? Then who we're all we're all sorts of winning, aren't we? It was great actually being allowed to listen to Taz and Ricky Starks. Actually, able to hear Ricky Starks talk about Jericho shouting yeah. over him. Yeah. Uh, right. Then we kick off with Darby Allen versus Mark Quinn. Uh, both already in the ring. This is this is no fucking around. We're doing four matches, so no one gets entrances. Rampage. We back, boy. We back, baby. Because he is limitless and swift. Yes. Um, well, because the start, they, they always sort of skip because they, they must like show the entrances like to the live crowd and then just cut they it. Put the en- they put the entrances on YouTube. Oh, like, yeah, they put it on like just before the show starts, so you can watch them like put, real time. live stream like, the entrances on YouTube about like two or three minutes before the show goes on the air, which is which is clever because if you really care about them, then you can still see them. Yeah, and um, yeah, fun match. I mean, Mark Quinn is great, isn't he? Like, both all like I- both. Are- yeah, I love Private Party. I think they're fucking excellent. And I, f- I feel like, again, the, the team I said before who were under, underused. Um, I think it's. Of, so, I, think, I, think really they, I, I think I think they maybe got a little bit sort of over pushed at the start of AW. Yeah, I think when they, when, when they beat the Bucks in the tag team t- title tournament, I feel like the best thing they could have done for them to like kind of project them would have been to get them to the final mm. and obviously they like they did like three or four swerves in that tournament where like, yeah. they had like the ball get knocked out in the first round they had um, SCU Christopher Daniels got took out and Scorpio Sky had to fill in they ended up going the distance and everyone was like oh yeah Lucha Bros are going to win that and then Lucha Bros didn't win and turned heel at the end of it um, I think realistically if you want to make a if you want to make a brand new team, like a star, and feel like they belong, private party winning, that would have been logical for me. Yeah, but, but if, if, said, it think... feels like they're finally growing in now, 
a couple of years down the line, they've grown into the team that they could, they, they could, they've, they've fulfilled the potential they had at the start of AW. Yeah, they, I, they, they never, they always felt like they were, they were moving a little bit too fast to be entirely comfortable. They, they, their moves were slightly getting away from them a little bit, but now mm. they are superb. They're, I don't know if Matt Hardy's helped them, like legitimately, like their time with Matt seems to have done stuff for them. But yeah, they, they really have come a long way to tag team now, and it's, it's great yeah. to see them both. And, and they're both individually um, good wrestlers as well, like really solid. Guys. I know. I know proud and powerful mental of them. Oh right, okay. Um, because they had this, they come from the same training school. Yeah. Um, and I know the books have probably been pretty hands on with them because yeah, I mean it's impo- it's impossible to not be in this tag team division and improve, isn't it? With the amount of talent that's knocking around. Yeah. I I think um with you talking about putting the belts on the Hardys like soon, I think it'd be a really good way for to get prime. A private party to where they need to be to have them. Imagine, them imagine private party beating the Hardys and becoming just like cocky prick champions that like the throat that we wear the wear the team that beat the Hardy Boys. That's what I want. That's what I really want. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily think they need the belts involved, but I think like they could just beat the Hardys and it'll give them enough of a rub. Yeah, but I think it adds like that added wrinkle that kind of like cements them in the upper echelon of the tag division that if they beat the Hardys for the belts as well it's like the, it's a kind of like two two hits as opposed to just going like the gradual thing mm. yeah but going back to the match then this this match actually it started yeah. sort of surprisingly slow and technical for a, a match involving these two guys yeah you, you forget how um so I I watched Rampage um, with Troy in mind because he was up um and he's obviously like still getting into AEW, so there's a few people he doesn't really know. Like Mark Wen was one of them. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, private party are fucking amazing. Like they're so good. They're just like not quite there yet. And we he was like, he, he wasn't really sure what to make of Mark Wen until he started doing stuff. And then he was like, this guy's fucking incredible. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Fair play. Um, yeah, really good match. Uh, ended with uh Mark Wen going for a shoot stop press. Darby catching him as he comes down into an armbar and um, Mark Wen's tapping out. Well, Darby, I, like, I, I got lost from the fucking point it was making there. Uh, the point it was making was you forget how good a technical wrestler Darby is because yeah, he's too he's, busy throwing himself off. He, he's so used to him just doing the danger stuff, but yeah, he actually can really yeah. wrestle as well. Um, and he was he was obviously like doing the technical stuff because Mark Wen's like a high flyer. Yeah. Um, Mark Wen also hit that gorgeous 450 on the outside. Yes, he did. That was that was lovely. Uh, yeah, got to, got to give him some respect for that. Um, yeah. So after the match, Andrade and by that as well. Andrade and the boys come out after the match to do to do beat ups, um, and then the Hardys music hits, and we get Matt and Jeff not only coming out to the old Lest, school Hardys music, Lest, but lest we forget the butcher came out eating a pork chop. Yes, he did. Which is just and yeah. he, he said on Twitter that was his sixth one that he'd had. <laughs> so I, I just like the the visual, the butcher with a big tray of pork chops just eating them. Yeah. Waiting to fuck the running. Uh, so yeah, so Hardy came out not only coming out to the original music, obviously, but they came out uh in their classics of Hardy Boys get up as well. That was cool. Yeah. That was very cool. <clears throat> uh, as as they sort of posed yeah, the ramp. Uh and drawing everyone just pissed down, off. Yeah, they had a little stare down with Stinging with Mr. Stank and Derby. Yeah. After, so, yeah. after sacrificing the blade to the uh, to the elder gods. <laughs> uh yeah, so that was cool. 
Um, right, so here, here's a chance where, where you get to uh, to have your little your little go. Uh, well, first of all, yes, Dan Lambert's here. We talk about Larry Javisco and Bruno San Martino. Um, and Sky said he's the face of TNT. Yeah, fine. Yeah, fine promo. Um, we're yep. going to talk about the more important one. Uh, we had a House of Black promo. There we go. I love, first of all, I love the way they do these promos where, like, it starts out with Malachi and then, like, Brody steps forward and then, like, Buddy steps forward. And yeah. then, like, the two of them step backwards at the end and just these Malachi yeah. in, the, in the dark. And, like, oh, it's so good. So, let me just get the transcript of it all very quickly. Um, because I'm, um, I need to address the like break this down, and I forgot to get the promo because well, before you, before you do that, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw some petrol on the fire by so Excalibur's comments after the promo was that he said he wasn't quite sure if they were speaking to Pac, Penta, or somebody else. Well, somebody else. Well, who, who who could it possibly be, Jay? Why don't you Why don't you tell all the nice so, listeners? <clears throat> so, Merdekai starts off by where the fuck's it? What's the fucking name? <laughs> so he, basically, Malachi says the house knows um, knows all your secrets, um, and he he specifically says you think you're a good man, you think you're a changed man, but the house knows otherwise, or something like that. Which, now, to be fair, it could be about Pack. It could be about Pack because he does he does allude to being incorruptible. But he, he said he mentioned the thing that for me was like solidified and that is absolutely punk. Is he goes, um, you've had a taste of the old you, the darker you. Are you sure you can like come back from that? Mm. And um, then I was just like, yeah, punk's in danger. Punk's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> guy's gonna fucking eat punk alive. Which oh is good Lord. because that means as well we get like we get Malachi. And, well, Punk's basically said he wants to work with all members of the House of Black at, at some point in AW. Like before Brody King was signed, he was like Brody King's on my list of guys I want to wrestle. Yes, yes, please. And he said he, he said he wants to wrestle Buddy Matthews, um, and he he's been well, literally his first week he was putting like videos of him like doing MMA training with Malachi. Yeah. Um. Now, I, I think that this is where we're going. I think this is how you kind of solidify the punk heels in. Because I think Malachi, like MJF made punk have to go to the dark place where he was, where he come out to like AFI and he was, had his shorts and his fucking track jacket on. Um, Malachi is going to corrupt punk enough that he's going to like go full fucking bastard. <laughs> yeah. So excited! Um, I'm down with that. Uh, yeah, just give me all of that, please. Um, right then, next yeah. up we had Mercedes Martinez versus Jimmy Hater. Um, again, really fun. I mean, you just want you just want women to hit each other dead hard. Then this is the match for you. This is what you want. This is what you want. Yeah, so it's some really good stuff. Um, a lot of love, really good stiff moves, a lot of good big suplexes, and Jamie Hater wins with a. Horrendously stiff looking clothesline. Oh god, she dumped it on her head, didn't she? Yeah, so Britt Baker does the little distraction. Um knocks uh, Rebel does the distraction, Britt Baker knocks Martinez off the top rope, and then Hater just nails her from like behind with a mad clothesline. Yeah. Um again I'm I'm getting a little bit fed up of all the distraction from the like any of like Britain or people's matches, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's so, kind of what they do, though, isn't it? You know. Yeah, I know. It's just kind of like it was a bit overkill, wasn't it? When um, we saw uh, we saw a, a revolution. I can't remember the name of the fucking paper. Yeah, with like, obviously the Thunder Rosa match, they went a bit overboard with it. It kind of detracted from the match. Yeah, I mean, it's all gonna it's, it's not gonna be there for long. I don't think it's all gonna break down fairly soon. No. So it's, it's, not, it's not annoying me too much. After the match, then Thunder Rosa comes out with the chair to sort of fight everyone off and help Mercedes, which is fine. Uh, next up is Kari Shida. She's back. Yeah. She's back for Serena. She's going to eat her soul, basically. Um, I really like this feud. Yeah, I really like this this like new, like angry Shida as well. Yeah, I like... I, I, I think it. it's one of those things I feel as if I feel as if he could have held off on this and, like, with with uh, Deep doing the whole rookie challenge, he could have, like, got a bit too big for the boots and got after this after Jade and just mm. got fucking hit by Jade. But at the same time, I, or they could have, the other, the other alternative is they could have actually debuted somebody who beats Serena because of she getting involved. But either way, it's it, this is this feud been going on, what, like, since last November? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been, so, a, a, it, been a slow build. Like, people moan that AW don't give the women enough, like, exposure. They've got other feud going for fucking six months, which is probably going to culminate double or nothing, or yeah. at least in the at least in the Owen tournament. Yeah, it's going to it's um, gonna end in something. It's going to end in some sort of big fashion, isn't it? Which is. Yeah. Uh, right exciting. then. Next up, we had Keith Lee versus used car salesman QT Marshall. And this this was just Cutie getting sent out to die, wasn't it? Basically, uh, there was a really fun bit where um, Keith Lee just like hit Marshall with a massive shoulder block and just sent him flying. And it's like it's the biggest yeah. thing Marshall's been hit with since that time. Someone left the handbrake off the seventy-five Buick or Saber in the forecourt and it rolled into. Him. Um. So yeah, this was great. Uh, there was a really fun spot at the end. Oh, they, they tease as well, don't they? Um, Comarito sort of stepping up to Lee a bit on the outside. Yeah, I, I like. I like that when he did have like Camarato after the match, like come up, he just got murdered. Yeah. <laughs> just, like it, it made it. So here's the thing, like obviously there was the whole, oh yeah, like Nick Camarato's a horse, why isn't he getting any any like credit? But it's like the fact that Keith Lee like took down the horse and then immediately got tucked down by another one. Yeah. It, it shows how fucking dangerous Hobbs is and I like that. Yeah, so towards, towards the end of the match, there's a really, a really fun spot there where Marshall goes for the diamond cutter, but he just can't get Lee off his feet because he's too big. He's yeah. too strong. Uh, so then um, Marshall gets that weird sort of like... I, I love this move. I don't know what it's... Does it have a name? Which? Keith Lee's? Yeah. The Big Bang Catastrophe. So it's like it's like a, a sort of jackhammer. But it's like a pop-up jackhammer. Yeah, it's insane. It's so good. Yeah, which I was I was a bit gutted he stopped using the spirit bomb, but it looks but I think this looks better because he can do it on everybody. Whereas yeah. the spirit bomb, it looks amazing when he does it on a little guy. But when he does it on a big guy, it doesn't always look like it. I mean with the one he did on Comrade looked awesome. Yes. But yeah. Also, probably less strain on his back with like with him not sitting out. Yeah, true. Um, so after the match, Stolo comes in and Lee just murders him. And then Comoroto comes in, they have a little stare down, and then Comoroto gets a massive power bomb off Lee. Uh, then each then Solo gets thrown onto Marshall and Comoroto. But then 
like he said, the, the, the sort of the, the icing on the cake of the segment, the team towers come in to, to sort of have a go. And this ends with Hobbs hitting a massive spine buster on Lee. Which makes Hobbs yeah. look like an absolute monster, as you said. Oh, I, I can't, like, I really want Ricky Starks versus Keith Lee. I think that's coming. But, mm. but I'm really excited for Hobbs versus Lee. And that's going to be amazing. Let them fight. Let them fight. Let men have fight. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That, that was that was really good fun. Um, and next up, we get Mark Henry backstage for the main events. Swerve is money. Swerve is just pure money, isn't he? It's ridiculous. He's he's awesome. I like it when he said um, the two of them got history, and he'll whoop his ass on Friday once more. Yeah. Um, I loved as well that he went. I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a superstar. I'm not a megastar. I'm a mogul. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he's absolutely cool. He's just so good. And if anyone had any doubts whether Swerve can go going into this match, well, he, he fucking silenced everyone, didn't he? Yeah, Swerve can go. Swerve is. I mean, totally, both these yeah. guys can go. This is this match was fantastic. Yeah, it really was. The thing is as well, so I watched it with, I watched it with Troy, who was not familiar with what Swerve can do outside of WWE. And he's, he's seen like NXT Swerve, and that's basically what he was doing there. Yeah, he's, he's, so, not seen, he's not seen he's not seen Kilcher, has he? No, but that, that's what I mean. Like he didn't know like about all the double stomps and stuff like that because <laughs> he's never do it. Um, he was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, he just, he just made people with double stomps. Imagine watching a Swerve match and not knowing about the double stomps. So good, but he, he he can do everything. He can fly. He can brawl. He did that like thing where he dodged the kick by rolling, and he ro- like did like a flip and then just fucking like clothesline. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was just it was just ridiculous. It was it was so so good. Uh, yeah, swerve one with a double stomp to the face. Oh, I fucking loved it. Loved it. He did that one onto the apron as well, which just looked nasty. Well, the stomp to the stomach on the apron, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, because his his finisher in um his finisher in NXT was like the kick he did to the back of the head after the roll of flatliner. Yeah. Um. So I'm just adding like that double stomp at the end as well. It was just like, Jeff Gish. Yeah, Swerve picks up the win. Swerve looks like absolute money. Uh, nice did great in in defeat. Like he, he's he's not quite found his character. I don't think in, in AW, but like his in ring work has always been. Perfect. It's always been like really crisp uh, and really good. I think Nice is going to be positioned quite high in ROH. Yeah, again, I can see, I can see that being a being a thing that happened. He feels um, like a guy trying to kind of with the the acquisition of ROH in mind. Right then, uh, before we wrap this up and go on to uh, if you've got one or two questions, we'll just go with the highs and lows of Rampage. Jay, if you got any highs or lows, my high for Rampage has to be swear. Yeah. <laughs> Swerve, he's fucking great. I love him. One, of, he's one of was one of my favorites going into when he was signed by WWE. I was excited. Obviously, he had like a little bit of a stop-start run, but it, when he was allowed to shine, fuck me, did he shine? Um, just seeing him, just going out and absolutely killing it, and like the internet fucking losing their mind over how good he was. Couldn't couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Like he's fucking. We, me and Troy met him at the Air Progress show the other week, and he was so friendly, so nice. Did you, mate? Yeah, you mean, you, you've not mentioned it. Shut up, dickhead. Um, <laughs> you, are, you are mentioned fucking cage much once this podcast. Um, so let me fucking mention how nice Swerve was. 
Um, but yeah, you, you, the point I was making anyway before you were an asshole was, uh, and on mine and Joe's birthday as well, uh, was that he, he was just a very humble, down-to-earth guy. So he's someone you want to kind of see do well. And I think I think as far as his AEW run, the sky's the limit, isn't it? Well, there was a lot of rumour, wasn't there, before he settled, when he was like confirmed, unconfirmed, like sort of half-confirmed to sign, that apparently like everyone at AEW season was like a potential crossover star. Yeah. And, and you can see why, can't you? Because the man just he just oozes charisma. Like I mean he's he's got a rap album out on Friday. Yeah. Like his 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 um his entrance music is one of his like own songs. It's the single off his rap album, which he actually released on um Spotify and Apple Music, I think, yesterday. Oh sound. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's the man's money. Uh as for a down. You think I had one? Yeah, I mean, it's Rampage. You don't always have to have one. It's a one-hour show. Uh, I'm exactly yeah. the same as you. I mean, you can't look past that main event, can you? Swerve is just ridiculous. I'm so glad he's he's come to AW. I'm so glad he gets to do just ridiculous shite with everyone. It's going to be amazing having him here. Yeah, should be good. Should be fun. He is, like you said, he's, he's just money. He just drips money. Like it's, he's just. Oh, how do you look? How do you know? How do you look at him? Because Nossie star power. I don't understand it. Did, did you see what um, Alice from Dammitman's put up on Twitter, which I was like, you know what? Yeah, I get that. I'd, I'd damn with that. Um, which is where retweeted actually as well. Um, he, just, he just said like, Swerve's got to be the next AW champ. He's got to be the guy that dethrones hang, Hangman. Oof, that's a bold shout. And I was just like, I was like, as much as it's going to be MJF, like, I wouldn't be mad if Swerve just fucking rocked up to Hangman took the belt off him. Sorry, Max. Like Sit down. It's whose house? Swear's house, mate. Absolutely exactly. Swear's house. Yeah. Um, right then. Uh, we've got what, just the one question this time from um, from Top Discord member and now yeah, you know that wrestling podcast contributor, Faye. Yeah. Um, she basically says, how do you see the collapse of the Elite happening or how would you book it? I mean, are we not assuming that the collapse of the Elite is already happening? I think it's all right. Well, no, the collapse of the super elite happening. Like the elite, uh, the elite. I think's always the three core members of Kenny in the books. Yeah, will they? Will and they? I, will they have a collapse? I I think there's a, there's a way they can do it because I think Kenny's going to be massive babyface when he comes back. I mean, what if right? And I don't want to upset Faye here because I know this is close to her heart. What if they bait the hung books, but it's actually Kenny in the books? versus Cole and Red Dragon when Kenny comes back. This is what I was about to say. They bait the Hung Bucks. They could even do the Hung Bucks versus Cole and Red Dragon. Have that divide and then have like you could you could have it that like Hangman gets taken out and the Bucks lose and then they come back the following week with Kenny. Mm. And then the way they do it is the Bucks turn on Kenny and side with Cole. Do you reckon that'll happen? Do you reckon they do that though? I think well, there's I think there's, there's a, I think, I think there's a, there's a train a, of thought. A, I think there's a train of thought a, that says the elite never break up and like they go stay together forever. Yeah, I mean they, they've already technically have Cody's gone, hasn't it? That doesn't that doesn't um, really count. Yeah, I, I I can I mean they've already teased that like Red Dragon are gonna separate from Cole at some point. Like Kyle O'Reilly's already kind of like alluded that at some point, like Red Dragon are going to turn the back on Cole. I mean, Cole and Kyle have never not had a blood war, have they? 
no. than like any company they've been in. So I I think one of two things are going to happen. They're either going to do it that way that we've just kind of said, or it'll get to blood and guts where it's like Kenny, Cole, the Bucks, maybe Red Dragon as well against, I don't know, Hangman of Dark Order or something. Mm. Doesn't even necessarily have to be that. Can just be like a, a lower kind of like feud that just gets them kind of crossing paths, but then have the have everyone like kind of turn on Kenny in the match. It, I think it all comes down to them turning on Kenny. I don't. I don't think it's. No, like I don't Ken, think Kenny it's, can't come back to heel, Kenny, because like he's been away no, for so Ken, long and he's so beloved. It's like when Roman came back, like after like beating cancer, you yeah. can't just like turn him heel straight away. And and as and as the whole like stuff like come out about him working injured and that, I mean look look at when they did the bait and switch where Don Callis came out, everyone lost their shit for Kenny, yeah for Don Callis to come out and ruin it for everyone. Um, it's like asking for fucking Elvis and getting their Gary glitter, isn't it? Um, but I I think I I, I think that's probably the way we're gonna get it. Callus, um, Callus is um, gonna. in Kenny's gonna come back, and Cole's gonna turn the books against Kenny. Even though, like they're doing at the moment, like the books are kind of questioning Cole's motives and everything. Yeah, and Kenny, they like warned them from the start. Either that, or Cole's gonna poison Kenny's monster. <laughs> the ultimate, the ultimate long-term booking. Uh, right then, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, that's all the AW action from this week. Uh, we'll see you again next week for. Well, I don't even know what's going to happen. I don't even know. Some Patrick's Day Slam. Um, yeah, of course. We're going to have a, the huge coverage Same of that. Day Slam. Get your Guinness at the ready. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week for more AEW action. So, as always, take care, enjoy wrestling, and we'll see you all very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen has been summoned. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing. <laughs>